HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. My name is Hannah Forden. I'm the membership coordinator at Heritage Radio Network, but even before I joined the team, I loved listening to HRN during my subway commute. It made the time go quickly and left me feeling inspired for the day ahead. HRN listeners tune in from all over the world, but there are a few traits that we all have in common, no matter where we listen from. A curious palate, the fierceness to make a difference, and a hunger for lifelong learning about the culinary world. As you know, Heritage Radio Network is a listener-supported nonprofit. To deliver the most ambitious, entertaining, and of-the-moment stories in 2018, we need your help. We need to raise $150,000 by December 31st to accomplish these goals and to keep your favorite shows on the air. Together, we can make this HRN's most exciting, impactful, and delicious year yet. Become a member by donating today. Join us at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate, and you'll immediately start enjoying benefits such as VIP invitations to HRN events, where you will mix and mingle with your favorite hosts. Memberships also make a perfect holiday gift for all the foodies in your life. This year, why not give the gift of food radio? You'll hear your generosity in action for the year to come. Help keep our lights on and our mics hot by pledging your support today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for listening. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in the rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Souther. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? I'm, what's up with you? What's up with you, man? <laughs> too much. Hey, what a great time we had. On Monday. Monday night. Yeah, we Brooklyn had. the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens. Yeah, we had. Thanks, Dave. We had the uh, Heritage Radio Network fundraiser gala, and uh, you and I got to bartend together. It's been a while since we bartended together. We well, did. Well, kind of. We were yeah, in we were two different separate bars. separate bars in separate rooms, but it was at the same event, so that counts. Thanks for doing all the prep work. <laughs> <laughs> No worries. Uh, uh, what a great time we raised some money. Dave, do you know how much money we raised? Is that an answer we know yet? I don't know the final amount. No, I'll have to get back to you on that. 
right. we did pretty good though. We did pretty good. Well, I mean, I know all the tickets sold out, and then you know everybody bought all the silent auction items. And yeah, that's where I'm not sure uh, what we came out to with that, but um, I think we did like something ten grand at the door, and you know, plus whatever else we did that night. Not too shabby. Yeah, not too shabby. Yeah, good time. I was serving. Uh, I had the Corgi Spirits uh, Earl Grey tea infused gin. I was making. Oh yeah, and Bob came uh, out. From I was Grey making Spirits. French seventy fives with that, using uh, the Cocktail and Sons uh, Oleo Sacrum. Quite delicious. They were like Arnold Palmer crashes into a French seventy five. Yeah, super delicious. Totally, man. I did a maple Moscow Mule with Reka vodka, and I did uh, a sort of a sweet spicy Paloma style cocktail using Astral Tequila. I did old fashions and snackeries. Yeah, baby, <laughs> that's your style, man. I set you up at the bar that I knew was your style. Yeah, man. I got, I got to tell you, I, smooth I, ambler whiskey and, uh, and plantation. plantation rum. Yeah, thanks to all the uh, all of our friends who uh, donated product. Stepped forward immediately. By yeah. the way, I posted the uh, uh, posted it out on Facebook just to say, hey, who's interested? And, and I got literally, I, I I thank everybody who who reached out because I got more stuff than I could have possibly used. So it's good to know that we've got friends in our back pocket. Totally, man. Um. Yeah, that was a really great time, and was, I like going. I like being part of those events where you're like you're hanging out with chefs, and like mm. you've got yeah, you kind of like designate uh a, your own like food runner to exactly to like go out and grab dishes for you. And exactly, like, you're my you're, guy. I'm gonna feed you cocktails. You just keep feeding me little snacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the move. It's always fun at those things. Yeah, great food, great event, great beautiful, beautiful space. I can't yeah, believe how totally. gorgeous that space was, especially. You know, I've been to the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens. I think I've been in that space, but never at night. Yeah, totally. It's like being inside a giant greenhouse at night. A friend of mine actually sent me a uh, uh, a message, and she was like, are you guys, like, bartending in a giant birdcage? <laughs> yeah, because I posted a photo. It's kind yeah, of look like. Totally. Yeah. Starry sky up above. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> pretty beautiful. Hey, so... Um, Yes. I think we, we sh- it's time to introduce our guest. Um, so I think I could have smoked a whole fucking joint in that time, <laughs> quite honestly. I think 30 seconds was... Uh, no sound effects for me, Dave. Oh. <laughs> uh, so the last time... <laughs> don't get him started. <laughs> so the last time he, our guest was on the show was... About a year and a half ago. Don't even tell them who I am. Just don't. Are you, are you, no. Are you, well, we, we're gonna, they're going to guess who you are. <laughs> we, I think they've already guessed. Introduce our guest. <laughs> sure. So uh, from Uncouth Vermouth uh, in the studio today, Bianca Moralia. And uh, you've been on the show before. You brought us a bunch of your cool vermouths. You brought some vermouth for us to taste today as well. Um, and then we're going to taste something brand new. Let's talk about vermouths and what you do now first. Okay. Last time you were, was it a year and a half? It was it was like July of of twenty sixteen, yeah. Yeah, some time ago. All right. Well Yeah. So let's the bring us back up speed from the last time you were on the show. You were talking about how you just bought a sixteen acre farm. Yeah, let's talk about the upstate. farm state. How's that going? It's going swimmingly. Uh, <laughs> at this point I'm growing almost all of the edible aromatics for the vermouth. Cool. Which is very important. Um, edibles. Yeah, you know, it's it's a big investment up front, but then after a while, it starts turning into free ingredients, um, which for someone like me uh, is very important, uh, considering Uncouth is a super tiny vermouth company, and, you know, I kind of shot my dick in the face making it unscalable. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> what do you mean when you say unscalable? You can't, you can't scale yeah, this, I mean, the production up? Not really. I have to make it. Sure. You know, uh, so it's changing a little bit right now. I am changing my packaging 
um, to make it a little more uh, accessible and uh, making it, uh, instead of making 10 fucking seasonal vermouths a year. Uh, <laughs> why did I do that, you guys? <laughs> micro seasons. Ten micro seasons a year. Uh, I'm going to be releasing a sweet and a dry, still to my rigid snob standards, of course. Yeah, let's, let's, okay, what, what, let's talk about those real fast, because I don't think people are aware of... Well, maybe they don't know who you are at all, but even the ones that do... So far, she said dick fucking shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so you're, like, you're on a roll. You're, yeah, you're chasing Giuseppe pretty... Gonzalez right now. Uh, <laughs> this is why I need to be rich, not famous. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sadly, the two are hand-in-hand at all times. Um, <laughs> you are rigid about your, your standards, and uh, and, and in, in, in the end, in the best possible way. But can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what do you mean when you say that you're rigid? Like... So I don't add any sweeteners. So if it is a sweet vermouth, that means that there's either a fruit ingredient. Basically, it means there's a fruit ingredient. So it's either from the grapes, sugar from grapes, uh, or it means there's pears. Um, Pears are handy because they contain sorbitol, which is an unfermentable sugar. So, you know, even if um, that's why Perry... Perrys are, you know, generally a, a little fruitier than a dry cider would be, sure. uh, even at the same alcohol percentage, um, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So all of the plants are real plants. They come from the ground. Uh, almost 100% of them are picked by me, either foraged or farmed. There are a few ingredients, such as pears. I use them a lot because maybe they're my favorite. But um, in France, they say you plant pears for your grandchildren, and it takes roughly, you know, 40 years for a uh, pear tree to mature. So there are ways around that, of course. You can graft. You can, you know, um, buy trees that are a little more mature. Uh, you know, there, there are ways to kind of um, pull the flowers, force the roots, you know, get, get more fruit out of it. But uh, the reality is if you just buy pears from your buddy down the road who bought, you know, a 100-year-old farm, you're going to have better fruit. Um, and it'll save you a lot of work, uh, which is what I'm trying to do right now is, is get more of my life back and stop, um, working all the time (laughs) physically. So that's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. Uh, but you know, all of the grapes are coming from either Long Island or the Finger Lakes. Every ingredient I use is from New York. Uh, I have an immense amount of New York pride and, I think that people always assume that we live in like this dirty little city, but it's a big fucking state that's mostly forest and farmland. Yeah, yeah. totally. You know, and um, I'm trying to raise more awareness. Also, I think it's really important that people learn that vermouth is wine and it isn't an herbal syrup. It isn't liqueur. It's it's not a, you know, mixer necessarily, although anything can be. Um, I would never hold anyone back creatively, of course, but uh, you know, I, I, th- I think that knowing what it is that you're putting in your face is very important and um, it's something that is most often overlooked in our adult community. Yeah, I agree. Adult community makes it sound like a nude beach. <laughs> I'm, we I'm just in- laugh like two dirty old men. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm into both. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, That's because I'm sitting here topless. Yes, yep. it's topless in the studio today. I think we got a show today. It's yeah. whip them out Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dave. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> um, so you're super stringent about what goes into your face, and that translates to what goes into the bottles that you produce for other people's faces. Is basically what you're saying. Yes, I take it very seriously that I'm making something meant to be ingested by humans. 
Yeah. What, and dogs, depending on how, you know. How liberal your household is. Right. What, so what, when you talk, I listen to you, and I, I hear that there's obviously a great deal of experience going on in, in the things that you say, um, based on h- how long you've had Uncouth, which is, how old is it again? So Uncouth Vermouth is five years so old. It's five years old. Yeah. So, but but I hear when you, you, you speak, you use terms and words that make me understand that. Do you have an education in this? Do you have a background in, like, chemistry or horticulture or both or... Um, I mean, I grew up with a plant whisperer for a mother, yep. an alcoholic father, and reflectively speaking, I think we are our parents, right? Sure. Uh, I didn't go to college, but I moved to Oregon, uh, spent my formative 20s working in wineries and on all sides of the business. Um, you know, I, I foraged, uh, I've always foraged actually my whole life, and that's mainly because I grew up with my insane mother. Who after? She's she, awesome, by the way. I've met her. She's great. <laughs> she she may be a little crazy, but you know she's 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 earned it. She threw me out of the house the middle of my senior year of high school, and the next day turned my childhood bedroom into an internationally awarded uh, orchid growing room. Like she just fucking like <laughs> instantly became this like badass orchid grower, like competing like all over the world. And she was like, this house isn't big enough for the both of us. I think she really wanted an orchid room. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, she, she's scary and, um, and, and awesome. And, you know, it, it, was, uh, it, it was very important in my family on both sides to work for yourself. Nobody was going to pay for you to go to college. Nobody gave a fuck. Uh, my parents very much practiced a get the fuck out of the house and call us if you're bleeding. Um, and you better really be bleeding. So, you know, it, it, it was, um, it was a lot of, uh, you know, self-sufficiency and, uh, being an adult who, you know, had to start working full-time three days after graduating high school, uh, I, it was very obvious to me that I was going to have to, you know, learn as much as I could. And, um, when I was 20, I decided to start following, you know, what I was actually interested in, which, um, most people that age, uh, don't have that freedom and I think it's a weird way of putting it that it was freedom because it was actually, you know, also what I had to do. Sort of forced, forced freedom. You were right. forced into that freedom. <laughs> yeah, but I had, a very, I had a very unorthodox path. I uh, ended up working in, you know, more than two dozen wineries and soaking everything up like a little fucking sponge. Um, you know, I... I now uh, am one of those weirdos, and there are only very few of us in the industry who um, work with as many plants as I do and turn them into alcohol. So um, that's kind of fun, and and I think more and more people are getting into it. More um, domestic amari, more you know, it's it's getting pretty cool. I was just talking about um, uh, what what's the name of that one from South Carolina? Highwire. High Highwire. So fucking good, you yeah, know. Southern Amaro. Um, it's it's my favorite. It's really delicious. It's so fucking good like and cola. Yeah, and and there are more plant nerds um, coming out into the booze industry, which gives me more friends. And let's face it, that's hard. So <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. you're bristly. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, yeah, so unorthodox path. But I've been in this industry for 16 years. Wow. Um, and wow. I'm fi- and I'm 56, so yeah. You know. <laughs> well, you, it's the vermouth that's keeping you looking so young. <laughs> um, speaking of vermouth, uh, uh, you've brought a bottle here for us. One of your 10 micro seasonal flavors. Uh, which one is it? This is the second to last one that you'll ever see in this packaging. 
it's batch eight of uh, vermouth. You know, they don't have names, so I often refer to a couple of ingredients I'm willing to admit to, right? Sure. So. Right, which I think that's a common practice among uh, vermouth makers, Amari makers. Uh, you're stingy with, uh, with the ingredients list. Yeah. Uh, although we were actually, just before the show, we were talking about Highwire. We're sitting at the bar here at Roberta's, and uh, I just saw the, uh, the mic drop. Oh, right. Whiskey from uh, yeah. Nicholas Palazzi, oh. and it's quite the opposite. Like, I just want to give him a shout-out. I haven't seen him in a while, but uh, it's so cool. It's like the the – it's pretty much the opposite. It's a very transparent packaging with, like, everything listed, like, almost to a comical level, right? It is the most transparent, bulk, alcohol-sourced bourbon on the market. Nicola Palazzi owns PM Spirits, which is – far and away the most badass booze importer and distributor in the U.S. He used to hold those dope uh, hooch studies in basements of yeah. bars in, you know, downtown Manhattan where he would bring over, like, these <laughs> fucking crazy bottles that, you know, there would be two of and it would be, like, a 30-year-old, like, single malt that nobody had ever heard of before. Yeah. And he would just put the bottle down and tell everybody exactly how much it cost him to buy it. And he broke it down by the ounce and he left out an ounce pourer and a fishbowl for cash. And you just paid for what you drank <laughs> on the honor I system. Yeah, he's uh, this. I mean, this was how I met him. This was years and years ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, he every year I, I feel like that company just gets more and more fucking cool. Yeah. Well, right? it makes perfect sense to me that you're like a fan and also a friend of of his and that company because you're both like there's there's kind of like a giant like very like refreshing air of fuck you guys <laughs> yeah that both of you share we give no fucks yeah exactly um uh, yeah yeah which is exactly what you said super refreshing it's great to it's know refreshing that, it's, it's great like, to know that people are out there just going to be like brass tacks all the time like he, he has a strong. rebel army yeah man yeah, uh, okay, totally. so you didn't you didn't even get to the secret that you were. Oh gonna, yeah, sorry. You, yeah. You, you, you said I'm not going to tell you everything, and then you told us nothing. What what are we about to drink? <laughs> uh, well, okay. So I keep talking about pears because I keep staring at this fucking vermouth. But but this is a pear vermouth. Basically, it has some young ginger in it that comes from a biodynamic family farm right outside of Hunter Mountain. Hmm. They uh, dig four feet down. And heat and humidity um, control the ginger in a hoop house so they can have, like, a self-sufficient fucking ecosystem growing these tropical <laughs> roots. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're super cool. Uh, and I'm not telling you uh, who they are because that's that's mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then the pears come from mostly Blooming Hill Farm which is in Blooming Grove, New York, Guy Jones and Sons, a really amazing crew who supply a lot of very nice restaurants in the city as well. Um, and then everything else, you know, there's around like 20 plants in everything I make. Um, and everything else came from my farm or forage nearby, including uh, one of the species of pears was a wild pear, actually, that I foraged about five miles from my farm. Wow, cool. I love pear, man. It's my favorite well, yeah, you've been making a pair of bitters for about a, a decade now. Yeah, for premies, yeah. Yeah. But, like, I just, I love it with, it's fucking awesome with anything, man. Yeah. It pear. really is. I think so, too. I think pears are super cool. Pears changed everything that I thought I knew about fermentation a couple summers ago. I was 
out with um, my friend at one of our secret spots, and uh, you know, for, foragers are thieves, and and our our the you know the vaults we rob, so to speak, are secrets. And so we were out at a spot that we share, and uh, the refractometer was reading thirty-two bricks on a pair that was you know the size of half my palm uh, that tasted super fucking tart, no possible um, detection of any sugars. And uh, just to give you guys um, an idea from a fermenter's uh, perspective, that's bullshit high (laughs) for a fucking tart piece of fruit. You know, usually people assume the riper the fruit, um, you know, the more sugars, the better the fermentation, whatever, you know. Um, and, and anyway, uh, these pears by themselves fermented beautifully, um, into an awesome peri, but, uh, I also use some in this vermouth and, um, you know, it's, it's crazy because it taught me that, um, you know, tasting and, and taking a bricks reading isn't necessarily the best way to gauge how something is going to ferment. And sure. that's fucked up because <laughs> for, you know, 15 years prior to that, I had been taught something right. very, very different. Um, so anyway, pears, pear. like... Did, did you know going into that that the pears had the that unfermentable sugar? Yes, I did. I did know that. Does that then fuck? Well, up? the bricks reading is pre-fermentation. Sure, of course. So, so, it, so, so, it, so um, the bricks reading I get, but does that yeah. does that alter our perception on palate of of how something tastes? Because you're saying it's reading this crazy sweet, but it's tasting tart. Is it because that sugar is sort of? Is it just because it was super a unique acidic? style of sugar? Or? Well, there's there's um there's generally more than one type of sugar in every fruit. Oh yeah, so, of course. Um, you know, I get. I guess. Uh, well, I'm thinking it out. The answer is I don't know. Yeah. Um, honestly, That's a fair because because, uh, <laughs> uh, because there are like dessert pears, you know, that read like 23, you know, and and are and are super sweet. So it's it's tough to to like what actually I guess what exactly what I'm saying is we don't fucking know. Right. Obviously, right. thanks to pears, we have no idea. And um, fucking pears. <laughs> I would lo- I would love to to rebel fruit. Learn more about it. I know, right? <laughs> but, um, well, but this totally. is delicious, and I definitely get that that sort of backgroundy notes of ginger, which I yeah. was uh, I was uh, that first sip I took as you were describing it. I was I was already fishing around in my brain to be like, what What is this flavor in this vermouth? And then you said ginger, and I was like, there it is. But it's like a really soft, subtle, like yeah. sweet ginger. It's not like uh, it's young, so yeah. it's more uh, fragrant. Than it is. Because like, I would say the longer it sits here in the glass, I'm smelling it more too. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's interesting. Like, yeah, reading the bricks level from the hydrometer, it's like, or sorry, from the refractometer, it's like, there's also, depending on the spirits, like, you can read the, the alcohol percentage from a hydrometer and it might be 112 proof, but it tastes like it's 80. So it's like, you kind of just have to trust and it depends, your palate. And it depends on what's in right. it, too. Like, if people are adding, you know, sugar or pro- propylene glycol or anything, then you're not going to get an accurate reading. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, it's, um, booze is weird, you guys. Booze is science. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pretty good time to take Alcohol a break. Alcohol <laughs> is a solution in the science world. That's yeah. true. Uh, yeah. Let's cut away for a break here from our sponsors. We're going to come right back with uh, Bianca from Uncouth Vermouth, and then we're going to unveil... Are we the first people to even talk about this? Yeah. Oh, good. We're gonna we got a great unveil for you. Got scoop. Yeah, right after the break. Um, and in the meantime, Dave, uh, we accidentally brought four glasses, so there's a glass of vermouth in here for you. So come Oops. get it. Come get it while we're on the break. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
went down to North Carolina Realized there was surely nothing finer Hopped into a tiny highway diner Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. And we have our friend Bianca in here. We just had some of her vermouth. We just uh, dropped a bunch of F-bombs and talked about (laughs) foraging (laughs) and stealing from your own vault of land. Um, Right? From someone else's. Or sometimes from someone else's. Um, Cool. Yeah. And then like right before the break, we just talked about uh, you have a new product coming out. This is very exciting. It's super exciting. On a lot of levels. Oh my gosh, let's do this thing. Yeah, it's, it's fu- a, fucking tell us what it it's is. Lasa- <laughs> it's lasagna levels of exciting onions of layers. Um, <laughs> lasagna level exciting. All right. Lasagna is very exciting. Yeah, I totally, agree. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally yeah. agree. But I love, we're always excited when we see the unmarked flask. So yeah. So that's what you got right now. Unmarked so, flask. All right, well, I'll hold it up to the light. Uh, a year and a half ago, I came up with this weird idea and um, teamed up with my dear friend Adam Ford from Atsby Vermouth. And it's not a vermouth, I'm going to say that right now. But it is herbal. <laughs> I'm just going to stop talking. Yeah, we're pouring it right now. Okay, well, there's some visual cues here that oh, are man. very interesting. So we're like, yeah, let's make some shit together or whatever. Damon, we're, fr- we're friends. It's fucking purple, man. It's not. It's not purple. Don't say purple. It's blue. <laughs> uh, well, I'm colorblind, but it's not the normal color. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to make a drinking bitters, um, something local made, oh um, so even sweet. if it used exotic ingredients, which is different for me, but they're still very well sourced, uh, and I wanted to make it an interesting color, so me and Adam are like, let's make it blue. <laughs> and then I did a bunch of research, but, and... But I, th- I think it's important to note here that you've you've done it, it's, it's blue, right? Right. And you did this, and I, and I think we set this up perfectly in the last segment, you did this using your very stringent set of, set of standards. So, it's organic, and it's all natural. The ingredients are not, um, the booze is, uh, New York sourced. The, uh, aromatic, um, plants are, uh, some of them are, are quite exotic, but, uh, 
they're well-sourced exotic plants. And this is actually sweetened with organic cane sugar. So uh, this is for everybody. You know, this, this, is, um, this is definitely a higher quality drinking bitters than most uh, distilleries are putting out. Um, so I, I, will, I will own the quality level is supremely high. But uh, I was wanting to make like a really fucking good drinking bitters and and um you know I ne I needed to let myself experiment with stuff that I'm not always working with all the time. I didn't want this to taste like my vermouth. You know, I wanted this to taste like the world. And uh the internet told me you can't make it blue. <laughs> Which every I'm sure it's just, just that set you on the path to make it blue, right? Yeah, like I I listened to that fucking radio lab show that told me I couldn't make it blue. I, you know, like I, I, there were, there was like, all, you know, all, all, everybody was telling me I couldn't make it blue. Kind of like how everybody told me I couldn't make vermouth <laughs> without like citrus and vanilla and sweeteners. Um, so I got really mad and wanted to figure it out anyway. And the coolest part about this is, um, well, e everything in here is a plant. And um, the coolest part is when you change the pH environment, like add lemon juice or tonic or whatever you want, it stays blue. It doesn't turn purple or pink and then later yellow and brown. You can make batched drinks with it. Uh, so it's kind of a little recipe replacer for any drinking bitters, curacao, you know, whatever you want to do with it. Um, it's pretty versatile, uh, which is cool. And so I leave it nice and dark so that it's more like Amaro on its own. And then the more you dilute it or lighten it, it actually gets bluer. Amazing. And then it um, eventually kind of, uh, you know, the saturation uh, lightens the more you lighten it. So you can, you know, make like um, a martini and, and have it, you know, look sapphired with just a tiny splash of, of this stuff. Or you can make yourself like a blue Negroni using gin and a white vermouth and you know it's it's absolutely beautiful and then eventually the more you dilute it the more it turns kind of like a, a dress shirt blue I guess so it's real blue it's not neon and um I, I mean I think that it smells like I made it but it's obviously ingredients um you know some familiar and and some you'll never figure out and uh, that's that's what I do. <laughs> I know it's a very old world uh, style that you have of, of <laughs> hiding your ingredients behind a shroud of mystery. I'm fifty six hundred years old. And intrigue. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. <laughs> Tenfolded your age in thirty minutes. You were fifty six a minute ago. Um, so and it has a name. It does. So we've branded it Uccelli. Uh, Uccelli, U-C-C-E-L-L-I, aperitivo. It is the Italian word for birds, and we found this to be appropriate. Um, you know, I'm Italian, and uh, I wanted to make something that was like an Italian drinking bitters, um, you know, like all, like all of those classic favorites that, that are standards in, in all of our homes, and I wanted something that felt like it belonged uh, among those classics and uh, wanted something that was kind of a nod to the OG cocktail scene. And so, you know, people have been making naturally colored blue drinks since the 1850s, uh, but they were using coal tar. Thank you, Karen Newman, by the way. That was from your Eater article. Coal tar? That, uh, that little fact. Yeah, yeah, coal tar in the 1850s. So, um, well, people used to brush their teeth with with 
coal, so I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it, you know, and then I read Kara's article and went into like a fucking wormhole as I do, and um, this was a- this was after I had already uh, figured it out or whatever, and um, and so so it's cool. It, it's a uh, you know it, it's it's you know blue drinks have been around you know for as long as red drinks, and uh, it's it's pretty exciting um, to introduce one that is not poison. Uh, unless, of course, we're talking about alcohol in general, which is poison. You know, sure. the only the only reason it works on us is because we're all allergic. Indeed. Um, and and the word edible, by the way, is utter bullshit because everything is toxic. Every single plant contains toxins. It's just a level of whether or not our bodies um, are going to react poorly to those toxins. So uh, I just want to say that too, just on a, like a higher food education note. <laughs> nice. <you>. Thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for making me afraid of bananas. Um, <laughs> No, but uh, this is great. You want to talk about some flavor notes without giving away too many things? Yeah, um, I want. I wanted it to taste. Um, well, you know, I, I overused the word fresh, and I wanted. I don't know that that word can ever be overused, huh? Yeah, I I, I wanted it to feel like you're getting a break. You know, um, I I think that people uh, drink as a coping mechanism. And, you know, I, I, I wanted something that was going to evoke um, happy feelings and I wanted something that was mesmerizing to look at and, and something that somebody could, you know, mull over and, and, um, and you know, hopefully pull some positive uh, feelings from the color and, and the aromas. You know, I, I wanted it to, to lighten you. So I immediately you, you totally danced around the issue, but yes, yeah. it, it does all that. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you what's in it. I, I'm, I'm gathering that as we go. You can, you can get, you can guess, and I'll confirm or deny. Okay. Um, well, before I try guessing, I, I just want to say, so it's important, I think, for for the listener to understand that what you just described about making this thing blue and have it stay blue even when the pH changes, that's groundbreaking. Nobody else has been able to do that, right? Yeah, I didn't want to say that part though. You yeah, me, let us say you, that. Yeah, you guys can say that. Are we blowing your horn here? <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm turning cool. red. Not blue. <laughs> hey um, So, um, yeah, this is, a, this is a groundbreaking process that you've created. So, yeah, a pr- proprietary else, process, proprietary totally. ingredients, of course. Yeah. But nobody else has done this naturally Correct. and have the things, to, and even a lot of the unnatural ones that are different colors, they, they, they will change color once an, an, the pH level or the acid level changes, right? So, yours correct. does not. That's so, that's correct. a big. That's a big thing. Yeah, you everybody's be proud of using, yourself. Um, you look very. Thanks. You're being shy all of a sudden. It's no, not, that's it's not true. your nature. You're putting me in my weird place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that all of all, it's all true. It's all true. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> I, I'm really happy about it. It's. Yeah, I'm obsessed with these little fucking birdies. I, I think. I think that. Um, you know, we we started together. I feel like all of us at a young age. Um, you know, working with junk food booze and uh later and later in life we're becoming more and more um you know spoiled with higher quality alcohol and and so we started i feel like as a cocktail revolution right and now i feel like we're in a cocktail evolution and i think that um you know people are wondering more and more where where their nice label bourbon is coming from and whether it's actually distilled at the place, you know, that's putting the sticker on it. And, you know, almost almost a hundred percent of the time, that's not the case, you know. And and um, I I think that as we grow more and more educated as a, you know, booze community and and you guys being on the front line are are the educators for, you know, uh, the masses, um, I, I think that it's nice to 
you know, have something um, that can be super fun and make fucking blue <laughs> drinks and you can, you know, serve it in good conscience, you know? Yeah. I, I, lo- I love that mentality. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I, it's also, I personally connect with this on a different level because, like, a couple of, uh, maybe a year and a half ago, maybe it was, like, maybe the last time you were on the show I was running this menu. I had, in the spring of uh, 2016, I had a menu that was completely the a themed menu which was all pink drinks and it was to show it was a personal crusade basically it was like all right so what can i use to make drinks pink that are like classic ingredients and it was peixos angostura campari aperol those are all bitter so like i was like you know what just because it's pink or red doesn't mean it's sweet or fruity right and so for for this side of it i've always loved blue drinks and so to have something like this that's like blue and not like neon blue like you said before but like a a true blue true blue true blue true blue and uh have it be something that is like herbaceous and bitter and slightly floral and to be able to use that in the cocktail it's it's exciting it's it's very exciting yeah i want to get behind it too um and and you know not to mention somewhat timely i'm sure that that's not in in the uh in the front of your brain to think about like yeah uh, because like trending but like blue drinks are kind of trending right now yeah and most of them are made with you know probably chemically driven things that aren't nice to our bodies yeah but we accept them because we're like oh it's blue and also like oh the alcohol's already poisoned like you said so it doesn't matter if you added extra poison to the poison that i'm already taking for sure but it's a great opportunity to have something and and frankly i didn't really think of it too much but because i'm colorblind doesn't really come to my mind first but (laughs) once it's in a bottle and on the shelf i'll have it at a mori margo and we'll have a new color in our palette over there which is generally pretty much just brown. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> All my drinks are brown, brown or, or kind of red, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I believe you uh, have Midori on your back bar. So Me? Yeah, don't you? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> or there got to be something green. Anyway, I can make Chartreuse. All, Chartreuse. I can make all the colors now. It's really fun. Um <laughs> you know, uh but yes, I I appreciate you guys understanding that it's not generally um you know, my mission to figure out what's trendy and jump on board. Uh, you know, I, I'm... No, I mean, if we, if we looked at your record, <laughs> I think that yeah. the opposite would stand out. Oh, she's trying to just go 100% against everything that everyone's trying to do. You're, you're, you're swimming upstream at all times. Yeah, it's true. Why am I popular? So I feel like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like this is, this is like one of those weird things where people are going to be like, wait, she made this? Like, because it's so a here you go to every bartender. Like ev- every bartender, including, you know, myself in the 10 years of slave, like every bartender loves blue drinks. Every single one of us does, you know? So I, um, I, I've, al- I've always had a thing for you know the color blue in 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 drinks and and this was you know before i was of an age where i knew that it was yeah (laughs) a breaking chair my broken chair wait this chair might break underneath damon during this show i love this fucking chair oh bluey that's right i'm just waiting for the day (laughs) (laughs) it cracked a little earlier yeah dave wants to throw it away but um but yeah everybody else who's who's making naturally colored blue drinks um 
you know, they're either using laboratory, um, you know, anthocyanins, uh, like the Spanish uh, blue wine, or they're using... Uh, I love uh, when you talk nerdy. Butter, butterfly pea flour. Um, yeah, that's the one everybody uses, but it changes color using. dramatically once acid is added, so it, totally. it's like pointless. Yeah. It's pointless, right. So you only see the blue for like a second, uh, and, then, and then also it's not... It's not um, you know, I mean, I mean, eventually that you know that stuff's it's it's always it's always going to change on you. And uh, yeah, I I also um, I know that Americans aren't aren't usually used to this, but there are a lot of gins that are colored with uh, poisonous geraniums. But those are only sold in Europe. They're n- they're not actually allowed oh, yeah. uh, to be sold in the U.S. Which is like one of those times the FDA pulls through. Um, but uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's it's. Well, it's weird. It's definitely weird. Um, but you know, I, I, it's um, it's a it's a it's a it's a household brand. It, it doesn't have you know my my name on it or my face picking my nose. So I, I kind of made it for everybody. You know what I mean? I cool. wanted I wanted to make something for everyone. What is you? What is you? Um, have you? I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, if you like like during this process because like when I've developed uh, spirits in the past, I always as you're going through the different tastings, different uh, botanical profiles, like you're also testing out with cocktails because you know that it's going to end up in cocktails anyway. For sure, absolutely. Um, what had, what did you have in mind as far as like? Can we call them cunt tails? Just while I'm here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what kind of cocktail did you have in mind? Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're the best. Well, I mentioned the Blue Negroni uh, option, which you just use white vermouth sure. and you use Uccelli in place of Campari. Mm-hmm. And uh, a really awesome blue martini, if, if, you, if you make it a uh, classic style of 50 50 with mm-hmm. gin, just a, you know, a blue martini or Uccelli cocktail, basically. Um, I personally love uh what i call the uccelli frizzanti which is just half and half with sparkling wine that's what that's exactly where my you know what i mean yeah so you know what i think we've talked about this before that's kind of weirdly that's one of the first places i go yeah a frizzanti is it's better than a spritz you know it's just sparkling wine and and bitters yeah whenever i grab something anything that I haven't worked with before. The Make first, it a royale. The first thing I do is like be like, okay, let's just add it to some champagne and see what happens. Right. Totally, man. And then you can start like picking apart and see where you want to go from there. But like, add some bubble, add some length, maybe on ice. That's the first step. Yeah, man. Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. And that does sound great, by the way. This is, yeah. Got such a really floral aroma. Like, but but it's not girly, right? It, I no. think it's pretty fucking gender fluid. Gender fluid. Yeah, well, I've always thought all the fluids were gender fluid. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, and we're all blue on the inside. Oh, is that going to be on the label? <laughs> God, hey, all right. damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not alla- I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to make this a dirty hippie brand. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fucking instant classic. You guys look at it. <laughs> it's <an instant> <laughs> Um, oh my god! Why don't you have your own show, man? <laughs> you're, you're very good at yeah, this. Yeah, guys, bad news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more bad news for us. Once more the chair breaks. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> that's your. They've that's been your, turning the screw. <laughs> that's your hourglass. Once the chair's done, you're doing you this on the... purpose, Dave. Why? <laughs> Never. It was Souther's idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. The saboteur. Yeah, he's been boot. muscling in. Hey, actually, you know what? It's it's fine because actually, as of yesterday, which was repeal day. Oh, yeah, um, I forgot to talk that, about repeal day. That marked my seventh uh, year with uh, Heritage Radio Network. I'll be damned. Yeah, That's man. right. Yeah. 
It was oh, there he is, there he is. But uh, you know what? If if I if I'm getting the boot from with anyone replacing me, it would. You're my first pick. <laughs> yeah, Bianca. I mean, actually, the Bianca. You don't have to show. say that just because I'm sitting pick, here without a shirt on. I mean, I'll, 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 t- <laughs> I'll take second seat to Bianca anytime. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, seven years. Seven amazing years, and repeal day. Did, wow. did you? By the way, did any of you do any like ding dongery like repeal day party kind of shit? I uh, uh, so Max. Uh, I try to avoid it. Max decided to be out of town. Um, Today and to, or yesterday and today and tomorrow, uh, he's in L.A. Good for him. He took a little vacation. He probably deserves it. After. Max is Souther's personal assistant. Okay. Well, not anymore. <laughs> um, but for dealing with me as much as he does, he deserves a little breakaway. So, I worked for him last night at a more, and frankly, we were slow. And I think uh, I, I looked back on other repeal days while I was uh, kind of hanging out. I mean, we weren't dead. The more's always kind of busy, but for for our normal numbers, it was a little low. Um, and I think it was because it was raining, so the cocktail nerds weren't coming out. Or rather, or rather, the regular guests weren't coming out. And I think because there were so many repeal day events going yeah. on, that's where the cocktail nerds were. Some we, of them flowed by late night, you know, sort of at the yeah. end of my night, all dressed up and fancy. And I, I'm kind of envious of that. Like, like it's a, I think it's, it's the one sort of underappreciated celebratory event that's kind of built for us. And, you know, I usually do things on it and go to, go to events and hang out with our ilk. But I didn't get to last night. But that's okay. I, you know what? I, I quietly celebrate it. I was at my bar working last night, and I was just like, you know what? Like, occasionally, like, we're just repealed it. Yeah, exactly. Repeal day, you know? Like, you know, this is for us. Like, we're, we're doing exactly what we, uh, you know, what we're allowed to do. It, but that I had a fucking crazy night last night. Oh, like, yeah? I was busy. I had, like, like, a who's who of, like, New York bar people in my bar all at once. And I was just like, drop names, drop names. Brian and then Miller drop was the there. Drop good names. Uh, <laughs> Danny, Danny Neff was there. Uh, Anthony I didn't, I didn't even really drop names. It's kind of like, yeah. It was just like a bunch of yeah, but it was like it was crazy. It was like they were all there at the bar at the same time, and they were all like, you know what? We didn't want to go to a pro uh, like a repeal day party. We just wanted to go to like make a good one, bar, make one of our own. Yeah, and so and it, it ended up being that. And yeah, that's really great. Cool. Yeah, just I, for that, you made them a Gilmore Girls drink. I, oh yeah, man. Yeah, I took it back to the summer menu. <laughs> I uh, I love your themed menus. Um, I uh, you know I was polling the audience a little bit as the night went on, and, and you know it's really uh, sad isn't the right word because I don't think it's a thing that necessarily needs a whole lot of spotlight. I don't want it to turn into a hallmark thing, you know. Like repeal day. But yeah, but I I was polling the audience, and I would say I don't know maybe maybe if I'm lucky, a third of them even knew what it was. Yeah. Hey, what are you guys doing out on repeal day tonight? Like, I've been What's sitting that? here quietly because I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not know? You were alive then. You were alive 84 yeah, exactly. years ago. I think we, you were part of the Carry Nation's like hatchet woman. Like, <laughs> sharpen your hatchet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so happy repeal day to everyone. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> on that note. 84 years of drinking free. The reason, in, in the reason we have jobs, yeah. Yeah, exactly. right, yeah, you know, that's the thing I celebrate <laughs> about it is like if it hadn't happened. Well, I mean, where would this country be in general? But certainly, we wouldn't have a job. That's like, why. Yeah. That's why I always work on it. Just like on, on that day, you know. Yeah, it's a Labor Day that we should be laboring. Yeah. Up yours, Max. Um, <laughs> yeah, have a great trip, Max. Yeah, enjoy LA. Yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> um, I, I will mention real quick. Max is no longer my personal assistant. <laughs> I hired an actual, real life, bona fide personal assistant who does that job for a living, and I feel real weird about it. 
Um, she started on Monday. It's going to feel weirder when her check bounces. I pay her in cash. <laughs> <laughs> cash don't bounce. Um, it's it's strange. Coins like, do. It's it's Bitcoin legal tender. It, it's I you know who who the fuck am I to have a personal assistant you know? But suddenly I realize I just can't keep up with what I'm doing. And the fact of the matter is I I really do foresee her being able to create a space that the things that she does for me will end up paying for themselves. Right? Yeah. She'll get me gigs that I don't have time to get, and she'll clear my schedule by doing things that I would be doing in those times so that I can do that gig. Are you are you afraid like I am to check your email? Oh, one hundred percent. I thought we've talked about this. Right, we, I have like we, a, I have like we a, did, but not on air. He's trying to make it oh, genuine okay. conversation. Sure, I have a. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this has been going on for for almost two years. I have a total fear of email. I yeah. can't open my own. Max has to open it for me. He'll just open it and then text it to me, and I'm fine. But I can't open the email. Going further, I can't open my own mailbox. I'm, oh, it's the worst. I've looked it up. There is no named fear for fear of mail, but I have it. It's totally irrational. I have no reason to be afraid of it. Uh, nothing ever terrible has come out of the email or the mail, but I can't open it. That's not true. I mean, nothing. Every once in a while, there'll be a bomb or a virus or something. Well, that kind of thing, of course. But I mean, like nothing in my life has ever been so traumatic. I don't know what it is. It's crazy. It's very irrational. Max hates me for it. Um, Carrie is totally okay with it. My editor hates me for it to some degree because he has to text me everything. I, it's like I said, I do everything on my phone. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I get it. Well, this has been a great show. It's been, it's been uh, awesome. <laughs> hey, listen, we're being it's, honest. We're talking yeah, about man. we're talking about things. No, I've, I'm being honest. We're drinking. Like, we're drinking blue drinks. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. We, we we've checked all the boxes. Yeah, we've checked all the boxes today. It's Whip It Out Wednesday, according to Bianca. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this I is think the people stuff. eating pizza are pretty excited about it. Yeah. All. <laughs> Wow, it's crowded out there today. Um, <laughs> so you're, uh, you'll be, you, you said off the air, I think, you'll be bottling this stuff on the 18th, um, bottling and labeling. When will it be on shelves in New York? And, and then from there, does it just, how does things, I don't even know how things work with distributorship. Does this just pop right into <laughs> your distributorship with everything else, or how does that work? Um, well, Do markets have to uncouth, pick it up? Uncouth Vermouth is distributed through Selection Masal. I used to self-distribute, um, which you can only do... Uh, I could only do legally in the state of New York. So for the first um, few hundred cases, we will be self-distributing Uccelli. And because we don't have that much, I mean, we have a lot more on the way. This isn't something that's going to be, you know, super limited. Uh, like Uncouth, we're, you know, building it to be a proper-sized um, product uh, circulation. And so... Initially, I think the best thing for everybody to do would be to uh, email us or find us on social media, Uccelli Aperitivo spell, at spell Gmail Works, U-C-C-E-L-L-I-A-P-E-R-I-T-I-V-O. <laughs> I liked how sing-songy that was. <laughs> oh, yesterday I was working on my radio voice, guys. <laughs> oh, were you? <laughs> I've been, I should work on mine. Um, and uh, and then and then Dame, Aster. Damon's got. I'm working on my set, radio face. Yeah. Uh, Aster wines and spirits. I don't know what their official name is. You know, Aster, the fucking biggest, awesomest, independently owned. <laughs> I tell people all the time uh, that people are like, "Where can I get?" The? I'm like, "You live in New York." It, it, the answer is Aster. Exactly. And I said, Aster's probably. The best liquor store in New York City, meaning it's likely the best liquor store in the world. Completely. Like, 
that's where you need to go. When in doubt, ask her. Absolutely. So you can pre-order through them. Yeah. If uh, I know, seriously, and and, th- and thank you because they're also the best. Uh, you can pre-order through them. Um, I'm sure Souther is going to have it at will, Amoria yeah. Margo. I'm sure Damon's going to have it okay, at Blue Grand Drinks. Army. And uh, and and we're gonna and we're gonna take it we're gonna take it from there. But um, you know we we want we want everybody to have it, and you know we're we're working to scale up as quickly as possible, and um, hoping to have everything on shelves within the close of 2017. Cool. That's like three weeks away. <laughs> it's berserk. I know. <laughs> it's berserk. I'm like shitting out of my dick right now. I mean the eight <laughs> the eight. Uh, Puking out my butt. The, I'm the, just going to keep the, saying the, things the, to fumble you. <laughs> the, color, the, the colorful language of Bianca. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mind blown. Um, yeah, that's fast. I mean, it did, obviously, the R and D and creating of this thing wasn't so fast, but the, yeah, the hustling it, it, it to a, the shelf is going to be pretty quick. Yeah, a, a year and a half um, since inception, um, it'll be going on shelves. It's it's pre- it's pretty fast, but. You know, I mean, we kind of, we knew what we were doing, and you know, um, managed to to just work. You know, it's amazing if if you keep your head down, how much work you can get done. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Um, speaking of work and getting work done, let's talk about the opposite of that. When when's the last time Bianca took any sort of vacation for herself? Never. Okay. Never ago. <laughs> Are you going to try and get that done in 2018? Yeah, I'm going to try to get a lot of my time back, and I need to start um, spending more and more time traveling to make other stuff. I, th- I think that, uh, you know, moving into two vermouths and launching the birds and, you know, having a, a solid team in place is, is going to put me in a position to keep making, you know, more and more shit that you guys may or may not like. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I want to see you take some breaks. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm probably the worst person to listen to about that because I don't do it either. But yeah, I'll text you about that later. We should, yeah, we should. You text my assistant; she'll take care of it. <laughs> Carrie Johnson's her name, by the way. She's awesome. <laughs> um, well, Bianca, it's been great having you on the show to talk about Uccelli, your new um, blue. You, you uh, I want to touch on this. I was thinking about it while you were saying it, but then I got lost uh, with your colorful language. You mentioned more than once that this is a drinking bitters. Are you trying to steer away from the word amaro for any particular no, reason? Or no, I, 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 I think it's squares and rectangles, man. I think amaro is drinking bitters. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think it's it's a it's square it's squares and rectangles. But um, I do think that the word amaro, you know, which which won't be going on the bottle aperitivo, bitter aperitivo, will be the uh, desired language, so to speak. Um, that also aligns with compliance. Uh, you know, it, it 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 leads you to think of something brown and I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, our minds pigeonhole these things. I get it. Yeah, and, and and the whole point of this you know thing being fucking blue is to open our minds, right? And and my brother uh, always used to say, "Nowhere is now here," and I try to think about that all the time when I'm applying it to my own creativity. Very Can cool. I leave on that? Yeah, I'm out. That's it. Mike, <laughs> Mike drop. Uh, well, thanks for being with us again. Uh, you can find uh, Bianca at Uncouth Vermouth and uh, um, Uccelli Aperitivo dot 
uh, com? No, uh, yeah. Sorry. And uh, well, our website's kind of like under construction, but uccelliaperitivo at gmail.com, uccelliaperitivo on Instagram, uccelliaperitivo on Facebook. Um, I'm the world's easiest person to find as well if you just want to get in touch with me about it and you forget the name. Uh, anything uncouth vermouth um, goes directly to me, the right. person who doesn't have a personal assistant. Maybe you should get one. I'm, 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 I've had one for two days. Damon, I'm, when that chair breaks, I hear you're not going to have a show anymore. You have some time yeah. freeing up. Yeah. I thought Jacob Cheddar was your personal assistant. Oh, man. <laughs> man. Talk about talk about reverse production. I don't believe in hierarchy. Jacob works with me, not for me. Uh, oh, my. <laughs> uh, well, so great to have you on again, and so great to see this new product, and I can't wait to get it on the shelf at Amore Margo. I will blast it out all over my media when I do, because... Because uh, because Instagram, why not? Um, uh, I'm going to read off uh, some of the uh, upcoming shows in no particular order. Um, we've got uh, Willie Shine um, coming in from, uh, he works with uh, Jägermeister, uh, the team from Jupiter Disco, uh, Alan Max uh, Pazuniak, um, uh, also attacking Max Pazuniak. Uh, Rob Morton's going to come on from Critical Mass. Uh, Giuseppe Gallo is going to come on and talk about Italicus. Um, Alan Katz is going to be on. Sammy Ross from uh, Attaboy. So a lot of great folks coming John on. John Thibault is John uh, Thibault. Awesome. We're going to get on the show. Yeah, Just with his awesome book. With his awesome yeah. book. Um, books, books, books. You love books. I love books. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's the upcoming calendar. Um, of course, we're coming up on uh, uh, holidays, but I think we're we're clear. We're not we're, we're not closed or anything like that in the studio. So we'll be here. Yeah. Um, that's all I got, Damon. Take yeah, it's set. great, take man. We've got a, a lot of uh, great shows coming up. We've had a lot of great shows over the last year. We're coming up on the end of the year, and uh, I feel very thankful. Me too, yeah, man. man. This has been a great time. Yeah, cheers to that. All right, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Uh, check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs just like this one, except not as good. Uh, oh, <laughs> zing. Uh, and then we'll see you next week. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, guys. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in the rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Hey.